Welcome to another edition of Inside the Economy. I'm Larry Howes. Thanks for joining me. Quick review of what we're going to talk about today. We got some fairly bleak numbers to look at. No shocks, a couple of surprises, little arithmetic. And I think very soon, this is the 4th of May, they'll start turning the lights back on. It's time for the state and local economies to get rolling again. Durable goods orders were way down, 14%. Most of that was Boeing. Boeing lost about 300 orders and at a couple of hundred million dollars apiece, that's kind of a big hit. We have no idea what's going to be happening with the 737 MAX, but I think the future's probably bleak. ISM numbers are down. Manufacturing numbers are down. GDP, the first estimate for GDP, down 4.8. Uh, I'll get back to that here in a minute. Unemployment numbers, high. Oil tried to break $20 a barrel, no luck. Everything else is pretty much stabilized. Here are the unemployment numbers. Yes, they kind of exploded. They're working their way down. They're not going to go down to where they were in the next couple of months because there will be a fair amount of people that stay on unemployment, as is historical averages. And those that were doing things like delivering drinks at stadiums or stock car races or any large venue, even a lot of mall retail outlets, they're going to have to find something else. States are making a contribution to unemployment, and here's the federal contribution, a little over $15 billion. Went out two days. It all went out in everybody's checks. Some people are getting better returns being on unemployment than they were working, but there again, that's always the case too. This federal money is not going to keep going on forever. It'll probably run out certainly by the end of June, if not sooner. Several of the states, Massachusetts, New York, California, they already had very shallow pools to draw from to pay unemployment benefits. These aren't going to go on for a long time. I'd be surprised a lot of it goes on more than 14 weeks. They just don't have the money. I don't believe the Federal Reserve is going to dig them out of this either. In fact, the Federal Reserve and the current administration, they're thinking about well, cutting payroll taxes as an alternative to just giving them more money. When the notice of closure came for everybody, obviously there was a hit to disposable income. It's down a teeny tiny bit. Most people weren't affected at all. They just kept going with their salaries and contracts and whatever. They just changed venues to do their job. Spending went down, way down, huge chunk down. They weren't going out. They weren't going to restaurants. They weren't doing a lot of things. So spending is down. That's an impact on the economy. Savings goes up very high. It'd be nice if the U.S. had this kind of savings rate all the time. But we're a society of consumers, so that will probably go down. Savings will come down. Spending will go up. People will find other things to do with their money. Consumer spending really went down. Almost a shock, but it's more like the arithmetic. When you don't have any place to spend money, you just accumulate it. And places like here, like autos, really took a hit. Not sure why people quit buying cars. I think that's going to reverse here pretty soon. I think people are going to want more individual space to drive around on as opposed to buses and trains and maybe airplanes. But 
If you're interested or need a car or even want a good deal on a car, this is probably a great time. The inventories are falling out in the streets. Detroit is going to get back in the auto manufacturing business as soon as they quit talking to the unions and get rolling. They have some demand waiting. Well, you need to start buying it first, so this is just an option. Banks are doing fairly well. Big increase in deposits from a big increase in loans. As we've talked about in the past, banks are where money gets created. M2, the supply of money in the system. When a bank lends money, that's new money out in the system. And they've been doing a lot of that through the SBA, lending money to a lot of employers to keep people employed. It's another form of unemployment benefit, lend them their money. Well, a lot of these banks have lent money out, in fact, almost a trillion dollars. And a lot of that money has stayed at the banks because it's built around funding payroll that's just sitting there waiting to be used. So business is up, deposits are up, banks are doing pretty well. Home loans, well, they're still running about 3.2 as some of the numbers at the beginning. Those are from Freddie Mac. Uh, historically, when you have a spread like this, and this is the spread between a 30-year mortgage and a 10-year it's kind of a technical indicator of how attractive new loans are to the marketplace. When the spread is wider, that's the yield spread, is wider between loans and the 10-year, that means they're not so attractive and the price has gone down. So we got a little clog in the mortgage business right now. Sometimes securitizing these mortgages is real attractive. Right now it's kind of iffy. There's a fair amount of forbearance, great term going on out there. Ginny May loans are up almost 9%. Forbearance means they're not in default, but people didn't have any money and they chose not to make a mortgage payment. Forbearance. Everybody's got them. Quicken Online, all of the sub banks, the big banks, Freddie, Fannie, all of them. That's going to be an interesting thing to work out, especially how it affects credit scores and that like. But just so you know, if you're servicing a mortgage, if you're like Chase Bank and you're servicing a mortgage, you send your mortgage payment in, they forward that on to where the debt actually is. It's been securitized. Your mortgage is out in the marketplace someplace in a fund, in a bank, in a pension plan, someplace like that. But Chase Bank is obligated to send that payment to that loan, whether you send yours in or not. So there's a big cash flow crunch going on that a lot of these loan servicers are having to service the loans and they're not getting paid. Well, 9% of them aren't getting paid anyway. That's forbearance. I'm sure we'll have more about that in the future. Here's GDP. Well, I've already had a couple of questions. Gee, isn't that horrible? Well, it's not great, but it's perfectly understandable. We're down about where we were in the first part of 2009. If you visualize GDP, gross domestic production. If it was $100, it's actually $20 trillion. But if it was $100 for this sake, and GDP is down 5%, 4.8%, that means there's $95 worth of transactions going on out in the US economy. Every time money changes hands, that's basically a transaction. A new loan is not a transaction. It's a transaction when it goes out in payroll. 
or buys a car or something like that. There's the transaction. And all of those add up to GDP. Naturally, GDP would slow. Everybody's sitting home. They're not buying cars. They're not buying airplanes. They're not getting on airplanes. They're not doing a lot of things. GDP slowed 5% this time. And that's the first estimate for the first quarter of 2020. This number will go lower. It's going to be a lot of bad news reporting, unfortunately. And they'll tell you how bad it is. And it's difficult to predict how low the arithmetic will take it. But I will give you a perspective here. All of this has happened in the last three weeks. It began first part of the second quarter. But this is going to be the fastest turnaround if we get to an actual recession ever. We've already started to see the recovery. The lights will come on probably by the 1st of June. And a lot of people will go back and start doing things. Who doesn't go back? Well, there'll always be a percentage of people that never leave the house again or get on another airplane. There are a lot of people going back to their jobs. There'll be a few restaurants opening, a couple of malls opening. There'll be a lot of mall-oriented retailers that just went south, but we'll know more later. Internationally, there's a concept out there known as resilience to shock. There are a number of economies out there, China, Eastern Europe, most of the economies on earth that don't handle shocks very well. Their consumers stop spending. They put the money under a mattress when things happen that they can't predict. The United States has done fairly well. We're very liquid. The banks are in great shape. The administration and the Federal Reserve responded splendidly. It took them about two weeks. The rest of the world, well, we're down 5%. We'll be down a little more. China's already down a minimum of 30. It's not a comparison, but it is an adaptation of how well they handle shocks. When the consumer goes, yipes, I'm staying home, that shuts the need down for infrastructure spending, a lot of things. And most of these economies, Italy, France, some of the Eurozone, all of China, their spending is controlled by the government and based on borrowing new money. Those things come to a screeching halt when the system is shocked. We'll see how bad this goes on here for a little while. The S&P 500, doing fine, trying to recover. It's following earnings. Warren Buffett sold all his airplane stocks. Okay. This economy was in pretty good shape when this shock happened. It's still in pretty good shape. It's just going to be a little different. Retailers are going to be different. We'll probably have a reason for the market to come down again because this probably isn't a V-shaped recovery. It's more like a W. So don't worry about the S&P 500. It's certainly not going to collapse. It's waiting to see what happens when the lights go back on. Earnings have been okay. Healthcare, consumer staples. A lot of these have been doing all right. They're reporting pretty good earnings. This is first quarter. Second quarter, we'll see what some of them. Oil, consumer discretion. There hasn't been any consumer discretion. They're not buying, they're not doing anything. They're staying home. A lot of these things, earnings are way down, reflected in the value of their stocks. Technology, fine, so on and so forth. Don't expect Disney to do real well. Boeing wasn't doing real well. They lost all those orders. So they raised $25 billion in the bond market. It took them about four hours. People aren't losing confidence in Boeing, but they got to be looking at a whole different ball game here going forward. I wish them luck.
On a different side of the coin here, the government spent a lot of money making the system liquid, and it'll be great, and it'll help people move along. Also picked up probably $2.5 trillion worth of debt before this is over with. How do we pay for that? Well, historically, well, federal government's revenues based about 16.5-17% of total revenues. Uh, that's simply going to have to go up. This latest tax change wasn't really a tax break. It was a change in the corporate environment and some individuals. A lot of those promises that says, oh, we're going to go back to making it easier and lower taxes here in the next couple of years. Uh, no, don't count on that. It would be fiscally irresponsible. It has to have more money going into the government to pay for all this stuff, to keep everything liquid and the wheels of the economy well greased. Just don't plan on any tax breaks. There might be a break for employers in a reduction in payroll taxes, but that certainly won't last more than two quarters. Rates are going to have to stay up, if not go up a tiny bit more. And finally, you know, I've been following the hunger thing, which is really a huge issue on how emerging markets and the rest of the world are going to transition out of this. There was already beginnings of a food crisis before the coronavirus, and a lot of these numbers don't even reflect post-virus. They are already having problems delivering, too much drought, anything around the equator. You'll notice that these numbers from the IMF don't even, don't even include China. There's not a lot of confidence in them anyway. Food is going to be a big issue by the time fall rolls around, and I hope it doesn't get horrible, but it's a huge headwind for an emerging economy trying to get moving if there are people hungry. Well, anyway, that's enough for now. Thanks for joining me. Any questions, of course, happy to deal with them. Send them along to info at shwj.com. I'll see you in a couple of weeks.